Welcome back here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Jack Nolan, the voice of Notre Dame Athletics for 39 years, started at WNDU, did play-by-play for Notre Dame football and basketball with my late great friend Jeff Jeffers over the years, announced in the offseason he was retiring after 39 years as the voice of Notre Dame basketball, known for his famous catchphrase, got it, or got it! <laughs> As he would like to say on occasion and go absolutely bonkers. We actually talk about uh, the origins of Got It and how it grew in into his signature call along with uh, retirement. And if he misses it now, that basketball season is underway along with his favorite game he's ever broadcasted. Here's my conversation with the voice of the Irish, Jack Noah. Well, Jack, uh, based on your uh, tweets, it appears retirement is uh, treating you rather well. well uh, where are you currently uh, stationed? Uh, currently, I'm sitting in what I think will be my office in uh, Indian Harbor Beach, Florida, uh, in a condo we kind of stumbled upon uh, a couple of years ago and bought in December. Uh, but it, uh, it's been terrific. We got out of town uh, the first week uh, of November, ironically, I actually emceed uh, the uh, Boy Scouts Awards Luncheon on November 2nd, got in the car on November 3rd, drove straight through to uh, Indian Harbor Beach, Florida, 19 hours in part because uh, I like to think I'm the uh, love of my wife's life, Rhonda, but it might <laughs> be her, her uh, cats, three cats and uh, rather than try to put them in a hotel we drove them straight through and if you go to uh, my facebook page there's a photo of a couple of the cats helping me drive they did much better than we thought they would and uh, gonna be down here for much of uh, the winter i guess somewhat ironically i'll be back for the next home notre dame basketball game against kentucky because my former broadcast partner lafonso ellis is being inducted into the Notre Dame Ring of Honor, and I certainly can't miss that. Uh, and uh, Notre Dame doesn't play another home game between now and then. Uh, I saw the first exhibition game, uh, and uh, other than that, we'll be in Florida, except for a little New Year's Eve trip we're taking with some friends. Is it weird now? I mean, the first couple of months, maybe you're enjoying yourself, but now being at basketball season, is it weird not being in South Bend calling games? A little bit. It probably helps not being there because it's just different. Uh, normally, if I'm going to call a basketball game, I don't spend the afternoon sitting on the beach in the sun, <laughs> uh, which I'm doing now. But I mean, in all honesty, the one thing that I probably wasn't quite ready to give up was calling basketball games. It's always been the love of my life. It's always been the passion. Uh, as much as I loved covering football, and I got to call Notre Dame football on television on WNDU with Jeff Jeffers, the late Jeff Jeffers, uh, from 82 to 90. Basketball has always been the passion and, and what kept me there, my association with the, the basketball program. Uh, and, and I'd like to think I was still at the top of my game. I mean, obviously, last year was weird uh, calling uh, road games uh, off a, a television monitor in a studio. So I didn't get to go on the road until the ACC tournament. Uh, and uh, had a, like a dramatic finish in the first game that many will remember, uh, and I really enjoyed it. <laughs> so that's the one thing I'm missing. Um, but beyond that, you know, it's, it was kind of time. People ask, why did you retire? Because we can. Um, and that's because both my wife, Rhonda, who's smarter than I am, 
uh, we worked our butts off on. You know what the business is like. And she was in the business. We actually anchored a newscast on uh, WNDU for many years on Sunday mornings. And then uh, she intelligently uh, also got other jobs like communications director for the local Honeywell plant. She worked for a great medical consulting company, Press Ganey, the last 15 years. And all we did was basically we bought a nice house, but we worked and uh, weren't blessed with kids. So all that college money, we started investing it in 1985. So people, if you wonder if it's worth investing, I mean, you normally don't make great deals of money or save great deals of money when you work for other people. You know that most people who, who get to retire early, like own their own businesses and whatnot. And certainly not that we're rolling in dough, but we were able to do it. And after 39 years, it was probably time because when you do what we do, as you know, you're rarely off, especially if you're working for a local television station or then working for a college athletic department and folks admire anybody you know who does that. Uh, because right now with lower staffs and everybody has lower staffs, every athletic department is running some kind of a deficit because of the impact of COVID. I mean, you're working your butt off. Um, and uh, certainly I, if I had wanted to just announce the basketball games and said that and asked that, which I didn't, I think they would have let me. Uh, but the other thing was, I won't be there when it's snowing anymore, Ange. Uh, <laughs> we get out of there the first week of November and three days later, I think it was snowing up there. And I don't miss that at all. So weird, yes, but I am enjoying and adjusting to retirement so far has been easier than I thought it would be. And I was up there all summer doing charity events and saying yes to all the invitations we used to have to say no to because either Rhonda was traveling or I was working. So we were probably busier this summer than we would have been if we were working. Yeah, I mean, and we're talking with Jack Nolan, the legendary former voice of Notre Dame basketball and football over the years here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Honestly, when you announced you were retiring, I like fell out of my chair uh, because I thought you would die in the chair uh, because I knew how much you loved calling basketball. Um, but good for you. Uh, you know, I said it to you then. I, I was so happy that you were able to you, you're able to now enjoy the fruits of the labor, right? Because it is so much labor. Um, but I'm sure there are moments that are going to happen over these next couple of years that, that you're going to, you're really going to miss. What are the little things that obviously the games themselves are, they're the ultimate high, but what are some of the little things you're going to miss Jack uh, about when, when you're around the teams and everything like that? Well, the relationships and, you know, I had a very good one with Brian Kelly and, and the football team treated me very, very well. I was lucky uh, that I got to, one of my last gigs with football was being the sideline reporter and I got to travel with the team. I was actually the only member of the radio crew that did travel with the team. And that was a wonderful experience and got to know the players a little bit better. And, you know, the, Mike Bray is like a brother to me this to this day. I text him a couple times a week. I almost felt like I was abandoning him to a degree because I think basketball is going to be really good. Football's going to be football's good right now. I mean, people Notre Dame is a perennial top 10 team. They keep recruiting better and better. It's going to be hard to compete with the top two or three teams in the country because Notre Dame's never going to run their program that way. But they're very, very good. And I think basketball is on its way back. I will be surprised if they don't make the tournament this year. Uh, I think. They're very deep and talented. I know their first two regular season games didn't blow anyone's doors off, but uh, I think Paul Atkinson Jr. is a great addition. I'll tell you what, Blake Wesley's even better than mm -hmm. average. 
Um, I think Nate Lashesky is going to have an absolute breakout year. Um, I'm very fond of Trey Wirtz. Cormac Ryan's a veteran. Dane Goodwin's doing what he always does, stuffing the stat sheet, not looking spectacular until the end of the game. I think it's going to come down, and I hate to put pressure on anybody, is Prentice Hub. Uh, how consistent can Prentice be? I, I think he has not shot well. He's one for 13 from three. He's got to produce offensively. What I do like is he has 11 assists to three turnovers um, so far this year. And that's a key. He has to be solid on the field, but on the court, I think they'll get it. The great, you know, recruiting uh, class that uh, the basketball team just brought in. I think Anthony Solomon coming back in an assistant coach's role is huge for the program. Uh, and I think they're going to be very good. And, and I'll miss that kind of excitement. The closest thing you can get to playing is announcing, especially on the radio from an emotional standpoint. No, you don't impact wins or losses. But it, 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 it's a performance that you prepare for. And if the team has a great game, you want to be up to that level. And if the team struggles, you want to do a good job on the broadcast to still make it entertaining. And I miss that performance aspect of it. What are the origins of Got It? You know, it's, it's organic. I, I didn't think to myself, I need a catch-all phrase. Um, and when you think about it, lots of announcers say, got it. I grew up listening to Johnny Most, who only old folks are going to remember, legendary announcer for the Boston Celtics. And he used to say, bang. And I, I kind of stole that um, for a while. I mean, once Bob Costas, believe it or not, when he was a young broadcaster right out of Syracuse, was doing Missouri Tiger basketball for Camo X in St. Louis. And I was doing it for the student station two seats down. And a couple of times we both said, bang, and I'd beat him with the bang and Bob would point at me. <laughs> but it's somehow I knew it wasn't mine and at the time uh, I think Johnny most really was one of the ones that uh, originated that there's another other announcers use it today but got it is my signature call because of the emotions behind it um, and I have a journalism degree from the University of Missouri and you were supposed to be objective even when you were a team's announcer but I noticed as I got closer and closer to the team and I always tried to avoid saying we because I didn't block any shots. I didn't get any floor burns. But beyond that, when I became more and more comfortable with being the team's announcer, got some reinforcement both from players and the fans. I mean, I was part of when the Internet really took off in terms of fan comments. And now we all know that most of the people on the Internet commenting the most are trolls. And they're not going to like anybody. <laughs> That's um, true. And I'd have Notre Dame fans saying, what a freaking Homer. Well, I'm the Notre Dame announcer, people. Uh, I always tried to be what I describe my style as subjectively objective. I'm going to call it from a Notre Dame perspective, but I'm going to tell the truth. I'm not going to bury anybody. I'm not going to rip anybody. But if they're not playing well, I'm going to say it. But obviously, as a Notre Dame announcer, I want them to win. So as the years went by and I became more and more comfortable with that, and I'll tell you a quick Jack Cooley story in a second. And then I got to the point where I knew fans loved it and I wasn't afraid to show my allegiance. I let it go nuts. And a couple of times I went nuts and I thought it was bad. Bob Henning, a uh, legendary engineer for Notre Dame broadcast, still doing football and basketball said, no, no, I thought that was great. Um, it, 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 Jack Cooley, Evansville, about 10 years ago, I think. He is at the top of the key and Evansville backs off. It's a home game at Purcell Pavilion. And I announced, and he's the center. You know, 
Cooley, three-point land. They back off him. They dare him to shoot it. He shoots it. He makes it. Okay. End of the game. Notre Dame's up like 30 or 40. And Cooley starts talking to me. There's two minutes left. He's walking over to the broadcast position. And he goes, why did I take my hand? He goes, did I get it? Got it. And I went, oh, yeah, yeah. You better got it because the game's still going on. After the game, I'm walking over to him. He's with his girlfriend. He looks at me and goes, oh, no. I didn't get a got it, did I? I said, no, no, you got something much better. I described it. They dared you. You took the dare. You made the shot. I said, you'll get it, got it next time. And he said, Jack. There won't be I'm, a next time. <laughs> there won't be a next time. So and then, I, you know, the, the players on the team bus, there were many years where they would post the video highlights on und.com with my calls. And the guys had listened to it in the back of the bus. So when it became important to that, I would get emails. What? Uh, Connaughton that basket wasn't good enough for got it from fans. It, it be kind of it grew on its own, and then I kind of just wrote it out. Um, but even when they they honored me with a monogram, oh god, I think that was in 2013. And the video they played was Lafonso Ellis's era, and I said got it two or three times in that because I also did the games on WNDU on TV. We used to do eight to 12 games a year on uh, WNDU before Notre Dame joined uh, the Big East Conference and conferences took control of TV. So it's hard for me to answer that shortly. That's kind of the story of how God it became a thing. Nah, it's all good, Jack. Uh, the great Jack Nolan joining us here at Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. What's, the fav- what's your favorite game you've broadcasted? Easy. Five overtimes. Ah, I knew it was going to be that one. I was ready to almost say it, it for you. How often do you get to do that? And the funny thing is my... I was stuck at WNDU during that, too, because the game ended so late and I couldn't leave because I had to do morning sports. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'm stuck here during the greatest game in basketball history, it feels like. Well, and ironically, Lafonso Ellis was at ESPN then, but he would do two or three games a, a year with me, and he did that game. And, and Lafonso is so respectful and humble. He never wanted to talk over me. I said, you're freaking Lafonso Ellis. Say whatever you want. But he could tell the dramatic moments, and I'll say, because I kind of taught him. And he stayed out of the way. But by the third overtime, I feel like I'm losing my voice. And I'm afraid it's sounding awful. And it actually sounded pretty good. And the most flattering thing was everybody in the country was listening to the game, either online or on Sirius XM. I mean, I'm getting stuff from Jay Billis and Dick Vitale, Dan Schulman, and all these guys saying, hey, listen, this is great. And it was just, it was the most fun game that I'd ever had the honor to call. And, and you've been in this situation. I didn't, at that point in my career, listen to entire games very often, but I listened to all five overtimes because I didn't want to blow it. I wanted to make sure I did the game justice. And starting with 48 seconds left in regulation, when Jaron Grant went on his own self-made 12-0 run to send it in overtime. It just that's that stands out among anything that I will have ever done and will ever do. I'm retired. I'll probably never do another game. But even if I get another opportunity, nothing I think will ever match that. You mentioned Lafonso. We talked about him at the beginning going in the ring of honor and you coming back for that. Can you put it in perspective for people listening how good of a guy Lafonso Ellis is beyond just the basketball player and the uh, basketball announcer? There is no better human being than Lafonso Ellis. And he'll admit he made some mistakes during his life and that he wasn't uh, always the person he is today. But I don't know anybody who is more humble. 
I don't know anyone who has accomplished as much as Lafonso Ellis has um, and remains as humble and helpful as he has been. All century team member, NBA star. And, and now he's on college game day. He's at the height of his of the broadcasting world. And he is still the same guy that I met when he was a freshman at Notre Dame. And he is generous to a fault, uh, has a deep faith. And he just, he always wants to help people. He's just a really, really nice person. You're absolutely right. I love him to death. And he's, he's, he is just that. That's what it is. Just a really, really nice person. Final question. Favorite moment, not a game, but like one of those surreal things that like we get to do some cool stuff. There's a lot of hard work behind it that people don't realize, but we get to do some cool stuff as as broadcasters. What's a moment that stands out that you're like, wow, I can't believe I'm with this person right now or I'm doing this right now? There's a lot of them on, and I'm not. It's, no, that's true. It, I've been in the Oval Office four times. That's pretty awesome. Because of connection, now by in it, the president was never there, and there's a little rope as you lean in the doorway. But <laughs> my head was in the Oval Office. Um, it's the tallest, the, the highest court in the land. Sandra Day O'Connor, Supreme Court Justice, taking us to the highest court in the land, the basketball court that's on the top floor of the Supreme Court building, right above the chamber. Uh, that was pretty cool. I did a lot of new stuff. Um, I was the guy they would send to uh, South Bend Regional, then now International Airport, when the president came in. President Bush made a bunch of trips to South Bend during uh, his presidency because we had a, a very hotly contested congressional race. I'm thinking, you know, here I am on a, on a flatbed or once we were in the press conference and I'm eight feet from the president of the United States. And one of the things that George Bush was great at was making contact. I never... People thought he was kind of bumbling. It didn't speak well, but he made eye contact with me twice during the speech he gave, the remarks he gave or as he got off the plane. And I got chills like, so this is how he does it. He's acting like he's talking to me, but I'm sitting, I'm, you know, eight, 10 feet from the president of the United States. There are just, I mean, I've been to Hawaii a bunch of times and at first mostly uh, for the Maui Invitational. Um, you know, being in Ireland, going to Aviva Stadium for a Notre Dame football game on the team buses with a police escort. Uh, there's just it goes on and on. And that's what what keeps you in the business, because, again, a lot of fans will be listening. Go, I could do that. I wish I did that. And we all pay a price um, because you are on call constantly. You can't do the things that a lot of people do Marv Albert wrote a book and he finally just retired and his book is literally titled I'd like to but I have a game and, and I don't know how many times I've said that but the other side of it is all the really cool things you get to do and I think a couple of years ago there was a day or two at Notre Dame right to be in the office at nine and I had to go to meetings and stuff all day till five and Anja drove me nuts there's no way I ever would have been able to be an office guy and uh, when you're a sportscaster and a news anchor I mean, uh, Gary Sieber and I did a, uh, an eight and a half hour straight on WNBU once during a blizzard. Uh, that was pretty interesting. Um, you get so many experiences uh, that you don't get and you get access to things. I've been in like three private jets. There ain't no way my salary is even going to rent a private jet. 
uh, <laughs> you know, you get to do a lot of really cool stuff. I've been to the World Series. I've been to the Super Bowl. I snuck into a Super Bowl. You don't have enough time for that story. But I was on a basketball trip. Um, been to the Indy 500 in the uh, first turn, 10 feet from the uh, the track. That's another story for another time. Um, been to the Final Four a bunch of times. So it's I've just been able to do some really, really cool stuff. And you're right, met some really, really interesting people. And most people who are legendary uh, got to ask Bear Bryant some questions many years ago on a bus underneath the stands in Columbia, Missouri, at a Missouri-Alabama game. That's a story that still stays with me. Um, somebody said, you know, I should write a book. And I, I'm not doing it. I wouldn't do it because I don't think I'm that interesting or know that much. And the other thing in this day and age, the only books that will sell will be the negative stuff. And I would never do that. Um, but I've, I've been able to do so much fun stuff. Uh, and now you've got me thinking. I haven't done a lot of this thinking um, recently about all the fun stuff I've been able to do. But I have been thinking, and I've told a few people this, because I emceed a, a breakfast, a, a brunch back in South Bend. Uh, before the Purdue game uh, with Lou Holtz and Rocket Ismael and Tim Brown. And I am now looking back on my career at Notre Dame and I'm appreciating it more now than I did when I had it. Not that I didn't appreciate it then, but you're so caught up in it and you're working so hard. Sometimes it's hard to just get your, your arms around it. And uh, now oh, last cool moment. Shamrock Series Yankee Stadium. And we were doing a three-hour pregame show, both streamed, but also on the scoreboards, in part because we were trying to prove to the powers that be at Notre Dame uh, that the athletic department could handle a video board. There's, as you know, there, there's no place to park at Yankee Stadium. <laughs> no. So people get there I know early. a couple places, by the way. I know. But people get there early. So an hour before the game, there's 56, 57,000 people in the stadium. And I said, okay, I know the Corps Cadets are here. You guys ready? And they all yell, hoo And then I said, I know the Irish fans are ready. Are you ready? And 50,000 people scream right back at me. And I got goosebumps. And that's when I thought to myself, you know, this is why athletes can't leave it. Now, Angelo, they weren't cheering for me, but they were cheering with me. I initiated that. And what a great thrill that was just to get the feeling that only great athletes normally get, that someone is cheering something that you're doing. Just another opportunity that, quite honestly, a lot of people don't get. And I found it very insightful when you see guys and you think they really ought to retire. Why it's hard to walk away from that. Jack, thank you very much. Enjoy retirement. Enjoy the beach. I'm doing both, Anj. Good luck to you. Elevate 150 Financial Checkups at Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Here's how it works. Go online and schedule a 30-minute phone call. They'll guide you through your credit report to find ways to improve your financial health. Then they'll send $150 in your name to redeem a radio. For information, visit NotreDameFCU.com slash elevate. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame FCU.